This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. So we want to thank Pastor Mike and Rhonda and Harvest for 20 years of support, really. I think we first met in 1999, uh, even before the, ch the church was just, you know, in, in your hearts, I'm sure. And from then onwards, it was a relationship. And we first met in 88, actually, in the fall at Christ for the Nations. I was on your team going downtown and, you know, witnessing to people in, in Dallas. And so uh, something happened that, at, you know, in 88, I believe, that we didn't even realize. And then I find out that Melanie's uh, best friend is Rhonda's sister, you know. <laughs> Go figure that one out, how the Lord works it out. And so we met and, you know, uh, a you know, spark became a huge flame. Praise God. And so since then, uh, Pastor Mike and the teams have been coming from 2001 over and over and over again to Sri Lanka. And boy, what a change has taken place. So thank you very much for sending your pastors and your teams and your prayers and your giving to help shake a nation out of slumber into the purposes of God. Uh, as you know, Easter Sunday was really a a troubling news, very disturbing news, not just for Sri Lanka, but for the whole world. You know, nobody ever thought that Easter Sunday would be used for such evil acts and such destruction of lives and property. Uh, how was the church affected? Well, about 300 people died, and, uh, and some are Still, you know, the injured are barely, you know, trying to survive. In fact, one was in the hospital for 40 days, and on the 40th day, he died, you know, from, and that was after the explosions. Uh, 16 kids at this one church called the Zion Church on the east of Sri Lanka. And uh, uh, they died, and they uh, actually about half hour before you know, this explosion took place, their leader had said to them, you know, uh, how many of you, if you had to even give your life, lay your life down for Jesus, you know, for the cause of the gospel, how many of you would be willing to do that? And all the kids raised their hands. Half hour later, 16 of them did lay their lives down and had an immediate resurrection we believe in heaven. And so uh, you just never know, you know, these days. And, and, and other kids also were in hospital, you know, for a long time. This was supposed to be an ISIS-connected group on the eastern side of Sri Lanka that uh, carried out these acts. Uh, they hate the Judeo-Christian values. They want to dominate the world somehow. And so this is how they, the bottom line is they want to, you know, they hate the Judeo-Christian values that 
have been, you know, held by the Western and the Christian church. And so they want to see that changed. And so we have to pray and we have to act to, uh, to advance God's kingdom above all. But also, and also Islam has tried to infiltrate Sri Lanka since the 1300s. They are not thinking that this crusade thing is over. They are saying it, it's on still. You can forget about it and you can go about like life doesn't exist. But they are saying this is a war that's still on. And so we've got to pray that thing out. It's, you know, this is the truth and sometimes we don't want to listen to this. Media does not want to put it up, but they do every now and then. And so they, they've been trying to get Sri Lanka because Sri Lanka is the only non-Muslim nation in that, in that you know, entire southern coast of Asia. India is there, but they've got a large Muslim population. Uh, Pakistan, Malaysia, Indonesia, all those nations were Buddhist or Hindu nations. But in the 1300s and the 1400s, you know, they were overrun by Islam. So, and Sri Lanka is right there at the bottom. So it's a very vantage position, you know. And, you know, the British, you know, wanted it and they had it for 150 years and had their bases there and things like that. So, so this is an ongoing trying and, you know, but the good thing is the Portuguese and the colonial, colonials drove back the Muslim infiltration way back then. You know, and they broke the power of the sea control that the Middle Eastern Muslims had over that, uh, uh, over the Indian Ocean. And so, but this is an effort, you know, to try and still advance and, and you know, uh, they couldn't do it one way, so they're trying it the other way. But uh, we, are, we serve a mighty God, and you know, and we serve a mighty God, doesn't matter who says what, we can pray and we can stand and we can make a difference. The mood in the nation is, is, was full of fear, terror, trauma and anger and hurt. And that was how the, the church and the nation, um, you know, experienced. And over 200 perpetrators were arrested immediately after the bombings. Uh, one was as close as 400 yards from our house at a uh, university nearby. Another one was one mile away uh, at a church, a Roman Catholic church, uh, one mile away from our church. But they did not go off. They were diffused and, you know, they got to them in time. But eight did go off and so multiple at the same time on the west and on the eastern side of the nation. So it was well planned. Was the government supportive and protective of the church? No, no. They were very, they're very anti-Christian and so Christians are still don't you know, bring a strong voter base for them or is not. We are a minority and so therefore they did not take the warnings uh, seriously. They, they had four warnings prior to the explosions. Buddhism is not the solution for the world. I'm, I'm very open about it. I'm not politically correct about that. And I don't care about that factor because I came from a Buddhist background myself. They don't care. They, you know, the Christian nations at least care for, you know, to protect their people, no matter where, what background they come from. But these guys did, there were four warnings given. 
four warnings in the month of April alone, the 4th, the 11th, the 20th, 20th, and two hours before. In fact, a US military vessel was in our port on the 19th, two days. They knew what was happening. They were ready to help if needed. They came in there. India knew about this. But these guys were singing on their E minor, <laughs> meditating on their rocks. And all the darkness was happening around them. That silly meditation doesn't work, guys. <laughs> no matter who talks about it, no matter what professor talks about it or Hollywood talks about it, this is reality. They did not protect. They were not true fathers. They an orphan nation cannot be true fathers. Buddha orphaned his family and walked away from them and never came back to them. So this orphan spirit, you know, orphans, it waits to orphan, it waits to, uh, you know, abdicate its responsibility. So we need to pray. That's why we need you to come. <laughs> That's why we need your teams, your prayers, your, your support, anything you can give. We can't do, no, none of us can do it alone at all. This is a huge uh, task. So they were aware, but Sri Lanka was in slumber. They, they had disbelief. And this shouldn't have been the case because Sri Lanka had been through terrorism for 27 long years before. So hey, <laughs> you know, we had 10 years of some peace and no war anymore. But hey, you came out of such a destructive war. You got to learn out of, you know, after all those years of loss and you need to be staying more alert than that. In fact, our president did not even meet with the intelligence units for two months prior. The last time they met was in February. They were more busy trying to, you know, stabilize themselves in their positions and doing all this little, you know, child play, you know, and the turmoil in the government. So the U.S. intelligence right now is assisting Sri Lanka at the Secret Service and, and helping them on the ground. The FBI is working with our intelligence right now because ours is a democratic nation, at least on paper. And so America wants to protect and not allow these nations to go back to you know, totalitarianism or under China or whatever. And they've been trying so hard to pull, pull these under their wing. So America is kind of helping to you know, steer them away and support them so that they can still have the freedom that they do have and do things democratically. And then the president was blame shifting Blaming everybody else for, for his own neglect. In fact, he was away and he didn't even return immediately. He was in China at the time and did not return immediately. He came the following day. You see the passive attitude? <laughs> you see what Buddhism does? It makes you hard-hearted. That's why we need Jesus. <laughs> That's why we need the, the, the... And we need uh, alert minds and we need... <laughs> Vigilant, you know, uh, people, leaders over the nation and true shepherds. That's why these nations need Jesus so much. So, there were hotels and churches bombed. Tourism has dried up in the nation and, and that's tens of thousands of people depend on tourism. And so they are without jobs. 
because these guys fell asleep. <laughs> it didn't just, you touch the church, you neglect the church, you're in trouble. You can think you can make it, but you're not. <laughs> you're going to cause a lot of trouble, not just for the church, but for the whole nation. The God is very particular. You sang about that, let us beautifully, uh, how important, uh, how gracious and amazing God is. We can't, uh, you know, touch the apple of his eye and not experience, you know, trouble. See, terrorists use unstable political situations to further their cause. They're looking for unstable governments, unstable circumstances. And then they try to take advantage of that. I know I'm going on a little bit about this, but I really want to communicate the whole uh, story. How can Christians in the USA help? We have a prayer card at the back, pray. And we put some things updated, the prayer you know, uh, needs to pray for the nation, especially now they are dismantling uh, those, you know, they arrested about 200, but there's many camps, training camps connected. They're bring, building a huge campus to bring and train people for Sharia law and all these ideologies. Huge campus, over $100 million. The Middle East is pouring into that, that campus. So please pray that these things will be closed down. You know, they're pumping millions of dollars, folks, to get their job done. And, uh, you know, that's why we need your support your, to, in, into the, in missions. You can't just take your hands off. We've got to, because they are pouring in. And I'm, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but sometimes churches pull back. Whereas those guys are pouring in, I mean, multi, millions of dollars to get their training programs going and to try to shift the nation to Sharia and all these ideologies to destroy and bring what they want, their agenda. So pray, pray. Prayer cards are available at the table. Please collect them. Give. Our Overcomers Church is helping this Zion Church. And the wife of the pastor was known to me. She was in our youth group when I was, a, when I was in youth group, you know, those days. And so, so that church is kind of really connected and uh, uh, also working with the, the history maker. They send some of their leaders to our history maker conferences. And so we are helping them to kind of res be restored. Go. Join the team in September or plan to go thereafter at some point. Amen. We enjoy having your teams and you, your coming strengthens us, strengthens our churches, strengthens our people and tells them, you know, be strong. We are behind you. We are for you. You have a great God and you have brothers and sisters in America who are praying and supporting what you are doing. Amen. And so, uh, you know, that day before the, uh, the bombs took place, exploded, I was, we were in Dallas at that time, and so we pray for us, you know, churches and the Sunday services, and it was Saturday, and it was Sunday morning, a couple of hours, and I was feeling this huge heaviness in my heart as I prayed for the services and the church and the nation, huge. I felt I was pushing against this huge boulder in my spirit. And I was wondering, Lord, why am I feeling this? Why is it so heavy? Other times when I pray, I don't feel so, you know, feel like that. But it was like I was pushing against this huge boulder. And I knew now, after that, 
This boulder was these, the big heart, the broken heart, the heavy heart that the nation would be carrying after these explosions. And just before the services started, I sent messages to them saying, keep your volume down today. In my spirit, I was expecting something to happen. I couldn't wait for that whole week to be over. I was very uneasy. You know, from Palm Sunday onwards, I was like, there's something going to happen. I don't know what it is. I know it's something with persecution. I don't have the details. I don't have the download. But I know something is going to happen. And then I be saw. And so God is also speaking. God is speaking and trying to train us to know how to hear him, you know, even hear about this. We are not clueless. But we just got to press in a little bit more and let him unfold and unravel. And maybe our prayers can... Maybe not completely prevent it, but it can reduce the, the effects and, and, and prepare us. In fact, when I, we left the country, the beginning of April, we said to our leaders, Mitch and Kumar and Tilak and all of them, can you guys handle it? We feel like something's going to happen when we are out. Uh, either politically or some other you know, evil is going to take place. You guys, can you handle it? Uh, and they said, yeah, we, we think we can. And we said, if we need to come back, we will. But uh, I feel like I'm sensing that there's stuff going on once we're gone. And we got a word at the beginning of the year uh, would be also besides harvest and, and all these wonderful things, a word that the Lord spoke was, it's going to be a year of also turbulence. And there was turbulence, but particularly in our circumstances, you know. And so we've got to hear what the Lord is saying to us. But the good news is God will turn tragedy to triumph. Amen. Good news. God is using that. And, you know, those things are being, those camps are being dismantled, exposed. You know, even Buddhist monks are on the streets with the Buddhist mobs telling the government, you better dismantle them. If not, we'll take care of it. They're not peaceful. Like you're being told here by some people that don't know the real truth where it began and was fostered. They are on the streets. They are already they've gone, you know, torching and damaging Muslim stores and houses and, and mosques and all that kind of thing. They've not hurt any people or killed any people, but they've gone from village to village tearing down Muslim because they're saying, hey, you did this to us. We are sending a message to you, saying you better stop this nonsense. And I don't know, sometimes, you know, how to pray when those things are happening. <laughs> Except to say, Lord, let your will be done, you know. <laughs> you know, they were going from, I mean, for two weeks, they were doing that. They are not peaceful. You can see that on, on, on YouTube, you can capture that, you know. And so, uh, but they, they, they were issuing ultimatums to the government and saying, you better <laughs> attend on this. Genesis 50 verse 20 says that that which was intended for evil, God will turn it for good. That many souls will be saved. Amen. We believe that the blood of these precious children and these people of God will be the seed, seeds of awakening and revival in our nation. Amen. Yes, God will use just like Stephen's blood became the seed for Paul's, you know, con conversion. We are declaring that this will be 
what will happen. You know, Overcomers Church had to play kind of a, a lead, leadership role immediately after these bombings. The churches were not even meeting. No services were being held. Many of the churches, you know, just completely because the government told them, it's too risky. We cannot offer so much security for you. And so they did not have their services. They met in houses. We continued on. We had police officers that were there 24-7 around our church for one whole month. You know, and we had our own security team and we got our own guys all mobilized. And so there was like a running through a gauntlet. You know, you start there, the police, then our guys and then another set of guys and no bags, no nothing, just come, you know, church. And, you know, this is the way we can offer assurances that these guys won't get into our building and, and do what was done. And so uh, church leaders were paralyzed with fear and terror. They could not lead. But what did our guys do? Our pastoral team and aligned ones convened a gathering of pastors and leaders. So within a week's notice, 60 pastors, bishops, overseers attended. Our little church, they came together to pray for each other, to talk about how to go forward and how to face this fear and how to not be, you know, uh, under the spell of fear and trauma and terror. And so it suddenly, you know, after that meeting, it's like this whole spell broke. And there was a bishop of the Methodist church in our little church, Pastor Mike, he, you know, the bishop of the Methodist church and many others who were overseers of their, you know, organizations and churches. They were in our church to discuss how to move forward. And so something broke off after that. And the people came up, the leaders came out, and then they started to once again call their people together and, and uh, you know, uh, come up with a plan to move forward. Amen. So we had to play a leadership role, a kind of a fathering role. We were surprised that all these big guys were so paralyzed. They were not doing the calling. But our guys like Mitch and Kumar and Tilak and all these guys were the ones who were calling these big boys together. And they responded. That was the amazing thing. Somebody was, you know, voice crying in the wilderness kind of thing, you know. And so uh, we are very thankful for that. And so we, you know, came up with a plan to move forward. And so, and you, you are supporting these men who have, uh, you know, played a key role in that. See, God's kingdom is advancing in spite of all that's going on. Uh, Matthew eleven twelve says that, you know, Ever since the time of John the baptizer, you know, the kingdom of God has suffered violence or, and, the, and the forceful take it by force, like seizing a prize that is very worth, precious and worth fighting for. Forceful. We have to be forceful these days. Amen. There's so much darkness in the world trying to infiltrate our minds or our gender issues and all kinds of stuff. And so we have to be a more forceful these days to how we uh, advance. We can't just say, Jesus, come and so quickly get us out of here. <laughs> That's what many people are saying today. Get us out of here. I hope Jesus comes soon. Please. You know, Jesus is going to come back. Definitely, he's coming back. But he doesn't look like he's coming back for a wimpy church. 
is coming from a royal bride. Amen. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's sitting on the throne until all his enemies become his footstool. That's the church I want to be a part of. Not this wimpy, you know, hiding in the back, in the cave, you know, waiting to be, you know, taken out, you know, and airborne, you know. <laughs> Praise God. So, uh, going into dark, but the kingdom is going into dark, unreached places. You know, our, even our churches, we're finding people going into areas where Buddhism and all these isms have been. We found about... In the last few years, about 20 Muslims have been coming to our church and, you know, getting saved. And so God is going into dark places and, you know, our people are going into dark places. Heron and Tilak and some of them are going into very dark places and, you know, churches were burned down, churches were driven out. But these guys are relentless. <laughs> they are going back and, you know, somehow winning them, busting them in into other places to meet. And somehow the kingdom is going forward. Bibles are getting translated. Amen. And so, uh, you know, into languages that never had the gospel. So we got to be aware of the, of the healthy side, the good side. So Oasis, our ministers and churches are moving forward. HLI, our Bible school, is putting up a three-story building. And 40 will graduate when Pastor Mike and Rhonda are there. And so we're looking forward in September to their arrival. 40 of them being uh, going to graduate one, one year, two year, and a third year. Our goal is to reach all 25 districts and even go to South Asia. Right now we have reached, uh, we have people coming from about 13 districts. History Maker is touching the youth and the young adults. They had a 500 young people, and it's amazing. They had their conference this year in April, but long before the bombings. Praise God. 7th to the 9th. If they had it after, probably they could never have it because people were not willing to rent buildings for that for a while. So the timing was perfect, and young people came from all around the nation. And your pastors have been there to history maker many, many times and, and ministered and, and, and supported and, and blessed that work. And today it's become a real movement. Even yesterday they were in three different parts of the country. Jaffna at the top, uh, Gaul at the bottom, Candy in the hill country. Worship and intercession, young people gathering together and declaring, no, we're not going to be under this spell. This is not going to be the new normal. We are praying a way out of this wilderness. Amen. So when you get young people going, it's exciting. And then we continue to stay engaged with the community, with our water wells. Twelve water wells have been now built in the north. And uh, we also have been having a prayer around our city and region for 19 years now. And I believe that's very important when pastors and leaders and churches pray together on a regular basis, they can ward off some of the evil. In fact, our city, they found some bombs. Like, as I said, 400 yards from our home, one mile away from our church, but they didn't go off. They didn't detonate. And I believe part of the reason is because these pastors have been building the walls around the city in the spirit for the last 19 years. Daniel 9.25 says that Nehemiah would be building walls around the city during troubled times. 
These are troubled times. We'll need to learn how to build walls around our families, our children, our workplaces, our schools, our cities, our churches, even around our nation. And it won't be easy, good, nice times to build it. It'll be trying times. The Sanballats, the Tobias will be waiting to run over that thing. But we'll have to learn how to use the wisdom of God. And so that's why God led me to get these pastors month after month and pray because I knew our environment needed some ongoing, consistent prayer with authority. Amen. And so God has been protecting us. The police has been very supportive. You know, Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says that we are to stand in the gap and make up the hedge or the build the wall around our cities and our lives. Amen. So the police also has been very supportive. We worked with the police for the last uh, 10 years. And uh, so they were very supportive. They came after that and they were there. In fact, now still they come and are present at our services uh, when we are holding services. They're still offering that uh, protection. We continue to work with the political world, with Mayor Rosie, whom Pastor Mike will meet when he's down and will counsel and pray with her. She's, the, she's a mighty woman of God. Her, and she's the mayor of the most important city in our nation. 800,000 strong city. And so uh, Christianity is being taught at Buddhist public schools. Buddhist public schools. And one of the girls who's teaching is from the orphanage. <laughs> yeah, and the principal opened up the door for us to the 40 kids studying the Bible uh, once a week for two or three hours. And other public schools, Buddhist public schools are saying, can we have them as well? Can we do this here as well? And even some Buddhist kids are coming and secretly, you know, attending those Bible classes and, and learning uh, about God. Amen. We're hoping to bring this to a close. Just hang on for just five more minutes. The Hope Center, as we say, is our IT program with the high school dropouts. And so we, uh, you know, we have continued to do that. Uh, finally, I'm going to say, uh, one, First Thessalonians 5.17 says that we have to pray without ceasing. You know, we've got to maintain constant fellowship and contact with the Lord these days. You know, we got to, uh, sometimes we go to church and believe God behind and go home. After, we have a powerful time, but we need to take him along with us throughout the week, every day. We don't just leave him behind after our devotions and things like that. We have a relationship with him. And we got to stay in constant. Some people say to me, Pastor, I can't pray like you all day. I said, who told you that I was praying all day? That alone is not correct. I don't pray all day. But I stay in fellowship with him all day. I make sure that I don't get locked up so much in my program that I start missing the promptings that he is bringing my way. So we were traveling up to Candy from Colombo. We stopped halfway and at a restaurant and me and PT. And, uh, you know, this guy was there, the waiter, and he was kind of hobbling, you know. He had, he, and I said to him, what happened? Oh, it's my bad karma, sir. It's my bad karma. This thing came, this vehicle came and, you know, hit me in the back. And for two months, no work, you know. And I said, well, I was, the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, how does he speak? Well, this thought came to me. You need to pray for him. 
you know and so i said uh, then i'm now dialoguing where do i pray for this guy this whole restaurant is busy there's no and i can't just pray a little prayer i need to pray something that will really try to impact the guy uh, then i just saw this little partition at the side of the room and uh, so my mind went i so i dragged this guy i said pt let's go we're going to pray for this guy so he hands over his tray to somebody else we pull him to the side and we get behind the partition and we lay hands on him and he, he i mean he immediately i said can you do something you couldn't do before and he bent down on his haunches and his face brightened and he said i'm feeling better i couldn't do this before my back i said your bad karma is over now <laughs> jesus has come into your life jesus is touching you uh, and so we prayed for him we gave him some counsel and we moved on we got to learn how to just listen to his promptings and so many times we need to be available for him amen so don't leave him behind you have a powerful wonderful savior who's willing to reveal himself and do greater things in places you least expect him to do and we we're seeing that how people who have passed over saying about popping yeah for 9 years we've been trying to reach this guy you know you know in our neighborhood 9 years and he still wouldn't he'll, he'll say so father he'll call me he'll call me everything he could call me under the sun but he would never respond but this one week before we left to come uh, i was i really you know, felt the holy spirit say to you know speak to him and he was really struggling he was not uh, healthy and you know and he was looks like he was you know really you know looking bad and i said to him uh kingsley you need to go to church with me we want to pray with you oh i'm okay i'm okay i said kingsley time is running out that next week he was there in church he was there glorious gloriously under the power of god for 20 minutes couldn't get up for a while you know he said you know i was having these problems i was feeling sick i didn't want to come today but when i came into the church i was feeling so much better none of that sickness was bothering me so i want to encourage you god is popping nine years and then boom and then some more from that neighborhood are coming to me and saying hey i'm having a real drinking problem i don't beat my wife i take but i'm i'm not happy about the way things are going so people are starting to pop open pastor mike and so your prayers are going to be answered we're living in some exciting times so thank you for being patient and staying till we finished uh, i just want to declare a word and then we're going to pray for sri lanka uh, i believe the uh, can we stand to our feet i fe- i hear heard this uh, scripture for i believe for harvest from ezekiel chapter 37 that there is a fresh wind blowing over your church a fresh wind is blowing over your people and the dryness that some of you have experienced is going to leave and you're going to come alive again and his wind is going to come and empower you and heal you and unite you in a new way to be not just lying around but also to be working together to see and with your new move we're believing for great things to come so the lord is saying dry bones shall live again dry places where you've had to struggle with that will change healings will come uh, your uh, disappointment or your hurts are going to leave you you know and some of you need to get back again to do what you god's been talking to you about you've been hurt and wounded 
we all we have to go through that at some point but god's here to heal and to restore and get you back again filled with his goodness and his love and to make you aware that that thing is not worth you know staying back step in god is going to do some great things this is a word also of reactivation time for you and you have got to take, take you put things on the shelf you know and god saying take it back up you know some of you have been actually wanting to be preachers you don't have to be a pastor for that some of you want to be teachers but you've kind of things have happened that have held you back and kind of you've kind of you tried to forget it but no matter how hard it's still lingering in the back of your mind and the lord is saying this is the time to get that foot out and move forward because uh, some of you have been wanting to study and more the word of god you you've been kind of falling back on your devotions and walk with god and god and you've been postponing that the lord is saying now is the time my sons and my daughters for you to step back reactivate that that fire let that fire come back again what we have is so precious folks when you look at all the trouble in this world jesus is the only answer jesus is the only thing worth living for in this day and age amen so reactivation so father we release a fresh wind over harvest over church for the harvest lord and where there was a where there was a stealing and a robbing we say that ends today father and where the gifts and the talents and the abilities of your people have been lord stifled today we are declaring that coil is coming off them we cut any coil coiling work of the leviathan or the python and we loose your people into the fullness of the plan of god we say lord heal hearts lord let faith arise on the inside of them and let it burn again for you and for your purposes we say fresh wind blow over this church and let them rise up as a mighty army even from this year forward into walking into the next phase of the greatness of our god now if you agree just put one foot forward and say lord i'm stepping forward into what you have for me and i'm not looking back say i'm stepping forward and i'm not looking back i'm taking that which is on the shelf i'm bringing it forward i'm like the burning bush i'm listening to your voice and i'm getting rid of uh, uh, doubt and unbelief i'm getting rid of the hurt and i'm moving forward in jesus name amen amen i'm going to hand over to pastor mike he's going to be to be asking us to pray for sri lanka for a moment if we have time but if not we are here at the altars to pray with you if you're sick in your body or any type of need physically or any other we'll be here to pray with you and agree with you thank you pastor mike thank you church for the harvest for all you do god bless you thank you for joining us today in the ministry of god's word my prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who christ is in you feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.